Good morning and welcome to the second episode of Workforce Skills with John Morse. I'm happy to have on here uh, a great employee of mine and uh, a great success story. Been with me now for, I've known you for almost two years, a little over two years. Yes, sir. Almost three. Yeah. So he was in our very first class that we started when we started this uh, vocational program, helping guys out of prison and get to that next uh, phase in their life. And it's, it's been an interesting journey with, with him, um, knowing the amount of time that he was locked up for. And, you know, it's, he, he's one of the guys that I used to tell stories about in class, but never use his name <laughs> as someone that was, uh, trying to make up for lost time. And you've realized you can't do that. So maybe, uh, DJ, you know, one of our topics today is, uh, personal preparedness for work and in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you've been through, the ringer the last couple of years, you know, getting back to regular life and learning right. how to live again. Yeah. Oh, you know, sure. so um, tell everybody, you know, a little bit about you and your story. Um, realize that, you know, somebody out there probably has the same story as you. You know, they're, they're going to relate to you a little bit. So right, right. tell us a little bit about you and what brought you into our class and got you there to begin with. Oh, uh, well, a little bit about me. Um, so, you know, I did a little bit of time for uh, my mishaps back in the day. Um, so I end up at New Freedom, and uh, it was it, when it started, it was the first painting class, and so it was cool to be a part of that, and I learned a lot while being there, like, a lot of stuff that I never learned before because I've never had a job, you know, and so, like, to, like, learn how to, the etiquette and how to present yourself when you're at work, you know, really meant a lot and really helped me carry it on to the streets, so when I finally actually got out, was able to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're... we're- when you started with us out of once you got out of the 90-day program at New Freedom, um, what was your path with our company? What where'd you start at? Um, well, uh, I originally didn't uh, get hired through you guys. I got hired through somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like one of the first few people to get hired through the class. Um, and from there, I worked with them for a little bit, but ultimately, it wasn't like the best fit for me. Um, I had like bigger goals in mind. They're a more smaller outfit, mom and pops, you know, only had like one or two employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I called you guys up and uh, told you my situation, told you where I wanted to be at, and, and you guys hired me, you know. And so, I've been with you guys ever since. And you started as a painter with us. Yep, started out from there. Yeah, so I started off as a painter. Um, I was in the field for about, I would say, like two to three months. Uh, um, uh, doing like me and I had another guy with me and we were just going to knocking stuff out as a duo. Um, and I just expressed interest, uh, being in the office and like, you know, learning the ins and outs of a business and everything. And so eventually I made my way to the office, you know, um, you guys will bring me in for a while and teach me and, and you just seen that, that I was taking a liking to it and I was really learning from it fast. And so, yeah. And when you came in, what were we teaching you? What, what, what skills were you what knowledge were you gaining coming in the office? Um, I mean, I, I gained a lot about uh, uh, um, the construction side of it, like reading blueprints, products, you know, um, and also just how to carry myself, really, and how to talk, um, the verbiage to use uh, while I'm in construction. Um, and yeah, so. Okay. So your position now with the company is? Uh, I'm a commercial estimator. Okay. So you're bidding some pretty big jobs out there too, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, and landing them, which is amazing. Yeah. You know, one, one thing that one of my observations with you that you've struggled with over the last couple of years, and I think you've really toned it back here recently, is 
you're trying to make up for lost time. Right. You're trying to do everything so fast and so quick, and you you needed to stop and and step back. Mm -hmm. What was it that, I mean, what were you going through as you're thinking about this? I need to do this. I need to go skiing. I need to go play golf. I need to go do this and that and try to get everything under your belt. And then what changed to make you actually start to slow down a little bit? Tell us a little bit about that. Right. Um, So I had a whole plan for myself, like, when I got out. Uh, It was, like you said, make up for lost time. It was so much stuff that that I didn't get to do and that people in their 20s get to do, you know, um, before they're 30 and they really, like, settle down, if you will. Like So um, I told myself there was a whole bunch of things I wanted to do, um, you know, and then that and also being on social media, you know, so seeing people do things and I'm just at home, like, bored, not doing anything, it would make me want to go do things as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, and not really knowing, like, that maybe they saved up four weeks to go do that one thing. I was just seeing that they were doing that thing, and that itself made me want to go do something because it was, like, uh, fear of missing out, if you will, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think eventually what made me, like, hone it all in is, one, I had to realize that I can't make up for lost time. That time is gone, mm-hmm. so I can't get that back. But what I can do is I can set myself up, you know, to have a great future. So those things that that I missed out on or I didn't have the money to do, if I just work hard, I'll be able to do all that easily and, like, not be paycheck to paycheck or stressing on bills. You mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't have to think twice that this costs that much money. Mm-hmm. I know that I wanted to do it, so that's what I went and did, you mm-hmm. know? And so that ultimately, like, um, I took a break from social media um, because it was, like, getting a lot to me, and I just ultimately had to realize that social media is just that, you know? It's like, it's like you know how they say don't judge a book by its cover? Mm-hmm. Well, social media is that cover. So, mm-hmm. like, if you just look at someone's social media, you mm-hmm. would think, oh, he's this, he's this, he's that. But really, when you get down to the deep roots of it, it's not the case, mm-hmm. you know? Um, So it was like that was, like, playing a big effect in my life. So I took a big break for that because I ultimately realized that, like, a lot of these people that I see doing these things or when and bought the new Jordans, they just have that. Mm-hmm. You know, but they don't have a secure apartment over their place. They don't have a career. They don't have all this other stuff. So when I look and see I don't have that, you know, I ultimately realize of all the things that I do have, which ultimately is a lot more important than those mm-hmm. material things, you know. And so, yeah. It's almost like you're trying to run a 100-yard dash instead of looking at the marathon. Absolutely. It, it, it takes time, and, yeah. and nothing's going to come to you. There, there is no quick fix. No. You know, it does yeah. take time. I know you've struggled with purchasing vehicles. Yeah, that was an sure. issue in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, um, other people going through the same thing that you're going through, what advice would you give someone coming out that wants to, feels like they got to get that car or that truck right away? Right. What would your advice be to them, or how would you explain what you went through and how they could handle it better? I, w- I would say, like, wait. I, I Literally, like, every, anyone listening, I promise you this is the best advice I could give you. If you literally just wait three months, and it seems like a long time, but it's not at all. If you wait three months, you'll be able to have a nice working vehicle that's going to get you to and from work, get you where you need to go, and it's not going to break down on you. See, what we do is, um, and there's places meant for this for guys like us that cannot go anywhere else to get a great car. They have to come here. It's a reason why it says on there we approve 99% of people to get into these cars, you know? Like, there's parameters set in place for when you mess up and do this for a reason to let well-known establishments know that, hey, 
he's not responsible mm-hmm. with money. So when there's a big red flag saying that, hey, this guy's not responsible with money, but you have this company saying, we don't care about that. We'll get you in. That should be a red flag itself, mm-hmm. you know? And so save your money. Don't go to the pay here. In-house financing. Don't do any of that. You know, you want to, if, if you're going to get a used car from a dealership, go to someone that is, uh, um, what are the, pre pre Yes, reputable, meaning like if something messes up with it, they'll fix Mm -hmm. it for you. It's there's not nothing that put underneath the door and it was under flood damage or all that salvage title, you know. And so Mm -hmm. just just do it the right way. You'll be very, very in the long run happy Mm -hmm. because what's going to happen is you're going to spend that money and everything's going to be fine. It's going to get you to and from work. But it's going to cost you headaches. It's going to cost you money. You know, like I'm dealing with, uh, you know, a repossession on mm-hmm. my credit. You know, luckily my credit is still new. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not going to be the seven years. But it's like I have future. I have goals. Like I want a, a house. I want certain things. And it doesn't look good on my, re- you know, on my credit. Yeah. And, and so what are you doing now to prepare yourself for the future of getting a vehicle and where you're at and what you're doing? What, what are you changing? Well, me right now, I'm just, uh, I've decided that, uh, like, if I do something like that, go to a dealership, it's going to be something that I really, truly, like, want that mm-hmm. I've been, you know. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, I've been saving my money, and I've decided that I'm just going to get a used car, spend about 2500 3000 on it. Um, mm-hmm. And this way, if it does break down, then I'm not paying 400 550 a month for a car that doesn't work, you know, mm-hmm. I can let it sit where it sit, save up more money, fix the spot parts that need to be fixed, and then I'll have a car again. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the long term goal, um, while I'm working on my credit and everything, eventually to you know get something mm-hmm. more reliable, something new, something that I like, something mm-hmm. I'm gonna feel good about. Yeah, you know what's amazing for me sitting here talking with you is the maturity that I hear from you compared to what I saw two years ago mm-hmm. when you first got out. It's definitely a huge change. You've really grown and matured over the last two years. Thank you. So I, 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 my, my hat's off to you for your success and where you're at right now. It's an honor to have you working for us, having you in the office, estimating jobs. Um, I know you just landed a job the other day. I think it was a Harkins Theater repaint. Yeah. You know, which was well over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, so that's a great feather in your cap. And that one was exciting too because it's different from just landing jobs. Mm-hmm. The st- significance of that one is we're going to turn it down. Like, the blueprints were so, like, contradicting, mm-hmm. and it was, like, this expensive paint no one heard of. Mm-hmm. So I ended up eventually calling them and saying, no, nah, we're good. I explained it to them. Their boss called me and explained it to him again, and, and, I, and just something told me, like, hit him with another option. Because at the end of the day, I've realized, like, we know what we're talking about with paint and finishing. So it may say one thing, mm-hmm. but ultimately they would hope that we give our best entrance. If we see like, no, this won't work, that system will fail. Mm-hmm. That, you know? And so I say, you know what? How about if I give you an ad alt uh, with typical paint, you know, rather mm-hmm. as this expensive paint so you can see the difference and kind of know. And that led to a relationship we talked more and just after talking and come, you know, because everyone else was scared to take this pro- this job because they didn't know about the product and they just didn't want to do the research mm-hmm. or their homework. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know. and So it sounds like you know what you're talking about when it comes to estimating the paint and the blueprints. And how, how does that reflect when you go out on a job site now when you're out there with these superintendents or these general contractors or possibly owners of these properties? 
And here you are, a guy that spent a majority of your time in prison. Mm-hmm. You've got tattoos on your face. Okay. They, they, first impressions can be good or bad, depending on how someone looks at you. Right. How do you overcome that? How do you prepare for that when you walk on a job site? Just that, what you said, I, I'm prepared. Like, mm-hmm. I go home and look up products. Mm. Like, I go home and watch YouTube on, on things, on, on the ins and outs. So I'm prepared. And then I've realized that 70% of the time when I call these people, I know more than them about this job. They don't know what they're doing, Because do they? they did not read the specs. They didn't take the time to read yeah. the specs. Like, I read stuff, like, because mm-hmm. it interests me. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I walk on these job sites, unlike when I first started and I was a project manager, it's night and day. Like, mm-hmm. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to know. I don't know what I'm talking about, this and that. But now I don't care if they know that I've been working for two years because I guarantee I put in a lot more work than mm-hmm. half the people that are there right now, you know? And so with that being being said, it's like I, I'm confident because I really feel that I can win a job faster if I go see you in person rather than the paper. Yeah. Because you'll get to see me. You'll get yeah. to see the person I am and you'll see that I'm determined and I'm going to take my time to make sure that everything's right. You know? And regardless of seeing them face to face, a lot of these people you've already talked to on the phone before right. you go out there too. Yep. So sure. they know your personality. They they've sure. get to meet you verbally on the phone and, and hear your energeticness and, mm-hmm. and who you are. And then to get out there, they probably just look right past everything else. Right. I'll tell you what, though, a lot of people do say it shocks them. Okay. You know, like, so. um, Give us just, an example. Uh, the way I talk on the phone, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and my character, my personality. And then when you see me and you see all these face tattoos and tattoos and you're just like, it's not the person. Not what they expect. You know, you, you, person, when you see, hear the name, you hear the voice and you're, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the person that you're like, holy cow. You know, but I, a lot of people have told me that the way that I carry myself, they would never have known that I went to prison. Mm-hmm. They would just figure the tattoos are just from like, you know. Yeah. My lifestyle being into, you know, skateboarding, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. So so you've literally made a complete change out of your life compared to where you came from, what you've done. 100%. So you've changed the way you walk, the way you talk, the mm-hmm. way you dress, the way you carry yourself. Yeah. It, it's been a major change. How's your family look at you now or do they look at you differently or did it take time for them to accept that this really is you? Yeah. Uh, no, it, 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 it definitely like helped a lot. Like my family. They're involved in my life now. Um, I, I I know when I first got out, it was kind of let's let's see what happens, let's mm-hmm. see how he acts before we like fully get involved. But like like it's it's cool. Like my dad, like when I first got out, you know, I kind of explained to him like, hey man, you think I could borrow twelve hundred dollars because I'm trying to get a car and and that that in case and to get me to work. And he ended up giving me twelve hundred dollars. It was like the first car that I got. It wasn't the best car. I ended up selling it and got into that mess of what it is. But uh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this for you. Pay me $100 every month for 12 months. I said, cool. Um, Well, six months into it, he said, you don't even got to pay me back no more. You know? He saw that you were doing yeah, trying to do you know, right and, and that meant a lot. Like, and just, they're super excited and super proud of me because I always think, like, I was here, and before I got locked up, people asked my parents, Oh, how's DJ? How's your other brothers? Oh, DJ's doing this right now, or he's playing basketball, he's playing that, you know, good mm-hmm. things. So I always thought to myself, like, when I got locked up, what were those stories like? Mm-hmm. Like, when people ask, because I'm not here anymore, but mm-hmm. those same people need to ask about me. So now you got to say, oh, he's locked up. And and I know that's not a great feeling, probably, for a parent. So, like, I know they're super ecstatic, and I'm super excited just to give them that feeling to, like, 
when people ask about me, mm-hmm. oh, he's an est- project estimator. Oh, the same one that just did all that time? Yeah. Oh, he's this. Like, and so, like, that brings me joy to know that, like, at once I was a failure, you know, and, like, now people are excited to, like, talk about me, you mm-hmm. know, and, and just be involved with me, you yeah. know. So what do you do on a day-to-day basis to prepare yourself for the next day for success? Like, uh, it's, today's Monday, for example. Mm-hmm. You got tomorrow. I know you guys got a ton of work to bid today. Um, what are you doing to set yourself up for tomorrow? How do you prepare? Uh, me? So I like to, uh, towards the end of the day, usually, unless unless we're, like, super, like, busy, but I say about, like, 2.15, I like to look at the jobs for tomorrow. And then I'll get a feel for them. And after doing this for a while, I'll know which jobs are going to be bigger, which jobs are going to be harder, based mm-hmm. on, like, a TI or a shell or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so then I kind of get familiar with them. Uh, and then from there, like, if we have time, we'll try to, like, print ahead of time just to kind of set us up, our, ourselves up. Um, but going home uh, to prepare myself it, for the next day, it, it, getting some good sleep, Mm-hmm. A great make sure that I make sure that I eat because one thing I've noticed is I have a tendency uh, of working hard and I'll forget to eat, mm. you know, like and it'll be to the point to where I like get super hungry. And then it's like I'm forcing myself to eat at that point because mm-hmm. like my stomach hurts. So but like I've also noticed that that plays a big role in how my day goes, mm-hmm. you know, my, you know, my diet. So yeah. uh, it goes with that. Make sure I get me a good meal, you know, make sure I set myself up like when I wake up in the morning, everything's lined out. I pick out my clothes the night before, you know, everything I have, everything, because I have a tendency to wake up in the morning and, you know, mm-hmm. to do a thousand things, wake up in the morning and everything's on my mind. So to make sure my key things, I don't forget, I'll have them by the door. Yeah. Wallet, phone, key, you know, clothes lined out, good to go, you know. So. It's interesting because we, we teach in our class about being prepared for the next day and I, I talk about setting your clothes out mm-hmm. for the next day. And it's interesting, some of the guys and gals going through our program, how they say that after a period of time, they, they realize they start doing this even mm-hmm. while they're in the program. For those 90 days, they start setting their clothes out for the next right. day, what they're going to wear. You know, I didn't realize it, but over the years, what I've done is everything I have hanging in my closet, all my jeans, all my slacks, all my shirts are hung a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I have a pattern as I rotate them. Okay. And I know what I'm wearing. I can look at my closet and know what I'm wearing three, four days down the road because of where my shirts are lined up. Right. And I used to think my wife never knew this until she came to one of my classes. And she was sitting in there listening. I was talking about it. She goes, oh, I've known for years you've done that. And I didn't realize <laughs> right. it. But it's just, it's funny. The little things, the smallest things are going to set you up for the biggest success out there for the next Absolutely. day, the next project, whatever it is. And we don't realize it. Yeah. Whether it's making your lunch the night before or that morning early, getting up early and doing it. Yep. You know, everything from leaving the house on time. Yep. You know, I've always preached you're only on time if you're 10 minutes early. Yep. Well, what are you going to do to get there and be early and be on time? You know, it's leaving the house early enough knowing that, okay, I'm stopping for a cup of coffee. What mm-hmm. if there's an extra five people in line ahead of you and someone's trying to come up with change and it takes you 10 minutes in there to get a cup of coffee right. or you get a flat tire? We hear every excuse in the book from our guys that work for us. A flat tire or my transmission or this, my truck won't start. Mm-hmm. It gets old. Right. It really does. Sure. And it's, it's, we can almost write a book on a million different ways why people call out sick. Right. And it's just getting up early enough to make sure you're ready. You know, it's amazing how many guys are late every single day. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you doing to yourself? What, when it comes to the next promotion at work or the next position to move up, and they wonder, well, why didn't I get 
chosen. Well, you're never on time. Right. You've got excuse after excuse. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we sit in the office and right now I know we're looking to add another estimator into work with you guys. Mm -hmm. And part of it is you guys are going to help decide who that person's going to be. Well, as we pick this person, well, do they show up to work every day? Right. Do they call out sick every day? I mean, what, what are, I'm not looking for the best painter. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for the best employee. Right. That's what we're, we're looking for. You can teach anybody to paint. You can teach anybody to read blueprints if they're willing to learn. Yeah. But can you teach someone to show up on time every day to be there and that work ethic that we're looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's you, you either want it or you don't. Absolutely. You know, I can't make you show up to work today. Yeah. But you showed up on right. your own. You, right. you, you made yourself do it. Right. You know, and that that's what we need out there with these guys that are coming out of here. And when they do get out, what are their expectations for themselves? It's not just us. Right. You know, I'm sure you had expectations for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, what were you expecting? I mean, were you thinking you're going to come out and you're going to make 50 bucks an hour right off the bat? It's not right. going to happen. Yeah. But what were your expectations and how did you deal with the ones that didn't come to fruition? See, me, I told myself, okay, I'm, I lied. Someone told me. Uh-oh. Busted. Um, uh, he, he said, uh, um, when you get out there, because I told him it didn't matter if it was McDonald's or whatever, mm -hmm. um, whatever opportunity I have to work, I know I'm going to just work my butt off and I'm going to learn what I can and I'm going to be at the top of that position to where I can make that money to where, you know, I'm living comfortable. And he told me, he said, don't be an eight-hour man. You know, don't be that eight-hour guy, that guy that comes to work, does his eight-hour goes home you know you want to be more than that you want to be the guy that's relied on you want to be the guy that goes the extra mile because those are the guys that get ahead you know mm -hmm. he told me he told me the guys that complain oh they don't pay me enough to do that don't be that guy mm -hmm. be the guy that's doing that stuff that they don't pay you enough to do because eventually they'll pay you more than what mm -hmm. you know and so that's just the way i think like i mm -hmm. i know that this is not it you know like i'm 32 years old I know I got an, at least, if I'm healthy, another 32 years. Mm -hmm. That's a long time, yeah. you know? And so it's like, it goes back with that making up for lost time. I don't have to because I still have a whole lot of time, you know? A whole lifetime in front of you. Right, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then looking at also in the aspect for me personally, from where I came from, right? Um, I'm going on three years and I'm an estimator right now. You know, this doesn't happen, you mm -hmm. know? You know what I'm saying? So I I look at it like I'm putting in my dues. I'm putting in my time. Like I may be better than the guy painting that's been painting for 20 years, but that's the difference. He did 20 years. Mm -hmm. He put in his time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just I just want to be there because when I make it, fully make it there, I don't want to, to be any excuses. Oh, he didn't put his time and he didn't do that. And then when you're in those trenches and you're going through that, you you respect it more, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, it means a lot more. You've earned it. Absolutely, yeah. you know. No, it's interesting, you know, with, with the guys, what you mentioned, the hourly guys, and, oh, I'm only putting in eight hours, or I only get paid to do this. Right. It's, what are you doing to go the extra mile? Mm -hmm. What are you doing to make yourself stand out more than anybody else? Mm -hmm. I tell you what, with me, when it comes to work, I want to shine more than anybody else. Right. I, I want to be at the top of my game. But I also know to be at the top of my game, I got to lift everybody else up with me. Yeah. And we grow together. Yeah. You know, the guys that have done the best with us in the company or get the most money are the ones that never ask for it. Mm -hmm. They're just the ones that show up and put out. You know, I'm going to show up and do whatever I have to do to get my job done today. Right. There's no time frame. It, it, there's 24 hours in a day. 
Right. What am I going to do with those 24 hours? I know I got to sleep a certain amount of time. I know I got to work a certain amount of time. But what am I doing after work or when I'm not at the job site when I go home? Am mm-hmm. I sitting in front of the TV just watching TV? Right. Or am I trying to educate myself and better myself? Yeah. You know, right now I'm reading a book. You know, I'm trying to read more. Right. And I struggle with that. And where I struggle with reading, I've also do an audio book in my truck when I'm driving. When I'm by myself, I put that on. So it, it's trying to educate yourself and better yourself at all the time. Right. You know, I'm never going to make an excuse. I don't have this because of somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's if I don't have something, it's because of me. Right. You know, I think the biggest thing that I've seen with a lot of guys that come through the program with you is they're they're so easy to blame everybody else. Oh, this isn't working out because of this. It's because mm-hmm. of this person or because of this situation. How many guys got locked up and, oh, I didn't do it. It was someone else's fault. Absolutely. I, I got busted because of this guy. Everyone innocent. Everybody says that. <laughs> but what you got to look at is when you can look yourself in the mirror and stare yourself dead square in the eyes and mm-hmm. say, you know what? Everything I have done that's gone wrong or good is because of me. Yeah. That's when you start to change. Yeah. That's when I think we all see a change within ourselves. You know, that's when you can start preparing for something better. Right. Because anything I have done wrong, it's because of me. It's because mm-hmm. of my choices. Right. No one made me do it. No one made you do something to get locked up. Yeah. You did it on your own. Absolutely. You know, now no one's making you do the right thing. Yeah. You're doing it on your own. You're making that conscious choice to make that change in your life. Right. And that's what it takes. So what am I going to do today to change my life to make my life better for tomorrow? What am I going to do to have a better life? Right. To have more money or be better spiritually or mentally, emotionally, financially, physically, what, whatever it takes. Right. You know, you mentioned today on the ride over here that you're going to start working out. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to better yourself. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do to better yourself down the road? Right. You know, how are you going to take care of yourself? Yeah. You know, that that's what we have to look at. And the change for me is how can I help you? Mm-hmm. You know, because helping you makes me a better person. Right. And how can I help myself to be better equipped to help you right. in your life journey and what you're going through? You know, the way I look at it with our program and with our, our business, for me, it's not how much money the business makes. It's how many more jobs can I add? Absolutely. How many more people can I help? How many more people can we add to our company to build a bigger? And even if our company breaks even, and I'm able to have another 100 employees this year, it's a win for me because that's mm-hmm. 100 guys that we kept from going back to prison or kept right. off the streets yeah. or helped them educate themselves better to get somewhere further in life. Yeah, You know, um, I know you mentioned to me that you want to start giving back and doing this. Yeah. You know, what what makes you want to help others now? What's changed just, in you? Just um, being in there and, like, like I know – my whole life I've been hearing, like, I, I got so much potential. I got so much potential. But I never used to see it because, like, I would always, like, be into dumb things, you know. And, like, ah, whatever. They tell everyone that. But, like, now I'm able to see it. Like, all the potential that people said that I had, like, I see what they were seeing. Like, maybe they are seeing that I learned fast or this in the case. Like, I can see that now. And there's so many guys like me in there that have so many potential, you know. Like, looking at me, right. After listening to this, you wouldn't think that I'm a bad guy. Maybe you'd be like, okay, I, I, he's actually a, he has a has a good heart, and a lot of us do. You know, we just went down wrong paths. Mm-hmm. But it's, it sucks, though, because when we go down that wrong path, the reason why it's harder for us to get back is not because we don't want to. It's because we don't have opportunities to get, get back mm-hmm. on the right path. So there's no schooling. Mm-hmm. There's no nothing. All there is is negativity. 
in there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I I really believe that if we can start in there, then it's gonna expand the workforce. Guys are gonna come out. The recidivism is gonna go down lower because it's starting in there. Mm-hmm. Rather, it we have to get out, try to find the help. Now, you know, they actually have help, like the new freedoms and stuff. Yeah. But back then, we had to try to find the help. And when you're trying to change, and it's difficult just to even find the help to change. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to change, right? Yeah. Like it's, you're, you're, it's difficult just to even get help to change. Mm-hmm. But now it's like there's um, there's open arms for help, and like me going to New Freedom show that there's there's there, there's there's able to make this mm-hmm. work to where we win. And so I just want to be a part of it, you know. For me, my whole life, I've never seen anything like this program. There, right. There's never been anything comparable to this to help guys like you. And it all started with us starting just a painting class, yeah. you know, and then now there's electric, now there's welding, now there's tile, there's framing, there's drywall, there's culinary. Um, they offer CDL. Right. I mean, and this is all for guys coming out of prison that never had that opportunity before to, to make a change in their lives. Right. I think what it takes, too, is first it takes you wanting a change. That's yeah. my first and utmost thing that I think has to happen. Yeah. But you need someone to believe in you. Absolutely. You need someone that's going to be sincere. And I think the biggest thing for guys who have been locked up for a period of time, you know when someone's lying to you. Yeah. You know when someone's using drugs. You, you, no one's going to fool you. Yeah. You you can't BS you, mm-hmm. you, you know, because you can see right through it. Right. And, and that's the difference. And I think that's why this program is so phenomenal because everybody invested in it mm-hmm. is in it to help. Right. You know, it's I look at the investment I put in and what it took to get this going and where we're at now. It's amazing the amount of people we've helped. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't work unless you want it to work. Absolutely. There's a lot of guys I've seen come out and they, they oh, I want this. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to be a rock star. And, man, they fall flat on their face when they get out of the program right. uh, and they, they fail. And right. I think the other thing is they've got to learn to be able to pick themselves up again. Right. You know, where would you be if you didn't have the program and gone through the vocation with us? Have you ever thought about that? Because you're doing so well right now. I have. And I'd like to think to tell myself that I'd be right here in the same position because I I just know me. Um, but to be to be honest, I don't I I don't think I would be to this position because I had that opportunity, you know. Um, but I think I definitely would be fighting, and um, to to do the right things and make the right decisions. Uh, I just it would have been a lot more challenging. Mm-hmm. I, I I think. Um, but having people in my corner and people who got my back and those opportunities uh, helped out tremendously. So there is a chance if you didn't go through this program, you didn't take the vocational that you could end it right back where you were. Absolutely. You know, making those same mistakes again. Yeah. Cause I'm um, headspace really. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had, I had a lot more of my headspace in a negative mm-hmm. uh, direction. Like, of course I had some goals I wanted to get out and do, but mm-hmm. also there was other negative things like, I I seen no hope for myself like when I got out because mm-hmm. like I had nowhere to go or nothing like mm-hmm. that's how I found in freedom you know mm-hmm. I was like getting ready to get out and they're just like all right. I was like I'll figure it out you know mm-hmm. um but like finding new freedom like just gave me like that you know that that extra push that you needed oomph to, you know yeah. oomph to go and I and I think it's like that with a lot of guys now because mm-hmm. um, guys are getting those newsletters now or they're seeing people like me you know. Mm-hmm. Anyone that knows me, you know, I've had my share of things, you know, like. And yeah, I think in the state of Arizona here, they actually send out 7,000 newsletters to yeah. the prison yards 
yeah. with the program that we've done. And I, I remember the very first one that had our vocational program in there. And I think it was the second or third class that we started there. We actually had a guy come in and he said, he's there because of that newsletter. Yeah, That's what brought him there. Yeah. And um, sure. he actually went through the, our class. He ended up working for another painting contractor. Um, but due to some different life changes, he now yeah. works for us, which yeah. is interesting. Um, yeah. It's amazing how many guys, it, it goes full circle. There's been certain people that come out and they work for us, and it, it's not a good fit. Yeah, You know, we do mostly commercial and industrial painting. Some people aren't equipped for that mentally right. or physically, and they need to do something more on the sides of residential or only interiors, you know, so finding the right space for them is mm -hmm. what we try to do. So it's being able to know that, okay, I tried this. It's not working. What do I do now? It's not right. the end of the road. They have right. a whole support system now that they can rely on that, hey, this didn't work out. Right. They can always go back to the vocational program and talk to the people that are in charge and helping get jobs and say, Hey, this isn't working out. Can you help me find someone else? Right. And they're they're there to help. Yeah, that's what we do. No, for sure. I had uh, someone that I was locked up with. Uh, he had seen the newsletter, hmm. and he'd seen me on it, you know. And he's like, "Holy cow, I know him!" And so he read it, and that's when he got more familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Eventually, end up getting in contact with me through somebody else, and then so we we wrote the whole time that he was. He was locked up, you know, and I gave him encouragement, mm -hmm. and I just kept him on the right path, and now he works for us, yeah. and, he, and he's loving it. It's life changing. Yeah, he's isn't he's it? loving it. He calls me all the time, yeah. and he's like, "Man, like I just learned this," and he always like, "Man, thank you for the opportunity." And, mm -hmm. and it's crazy too, like, like he's like the the amount of money that he's making right now, you know, mm -hmm. what we started him off on is just like a million dollars to him, you know. Yeah. And it's like I remember I felt like that, you know, when I yeah. first got out, like just that number just like cuz I've never made anything close like that legally, you mm -hmm. know. And so, but no, he's he's excited, but it was the same thing, you know. Who who knows if he would had even thought about changing his life around had he mm -hmm. not seen me on there because he knew where I came from. Yeah. So to see me was like you could visually see it now, you yeah. know. For our viewers and listeners out there, you know, what we do with this program is if you go through our vocational program, we hire you. You start at 18 bucks an hour, and that's a pretty good wage to start off with. Yeah. And for some people that have never had a job in their whole lives or, you know, I mean, when, when you're locked up, I mean, what do you make? Yeah. You work, you have a job in there. I mean, you're yeah. Yeah. given opportunities, but what mm -hmm. do they pay you when you're locked up? Uh, I think the most I've ever made was 35 cents an hour. Oh, my God. Seriously. Yeah, dead serious. 35 cents. 35 cents. And, 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 and what were you doing for it, that 35 it, well, cents? Well, I was managing the warehouse in the kitchen. Okay. Um, but, like, before then, like, I think you average around 20, 25 cents, you know. Um, if you have, like, the regular jobs, about 15 cents. Like, you're getting $5 every two weeks, and it's just literally enough just to buy, like, a couple bars of soap. Oh, my God. <laughs> so come But it, But it, it get what I can say <laughs> is my worth ethic is is part of that okay work like because it ain't oh you just got a job no you mm -hmm. got to work especially like to to the position that i got warehouse sure. it was the highest best paid position you know and so it's like they make you work you know uh -huh. and so it's like it when you work for 35 cents an hour and in two weeks come up and your paycheck is 23 dollars like you work for eighteen dollars oh, an God. hour, you you know so you were in heaven working for us right. when you first started because i know oh, you're taking all the overtime too oh Every, every little bit of it, you yeah. know, for sure. You, you know, it's, a, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, I, you, you worked a lot of overtime for us. You, you, you never said no to overtime, I don't think. Um, what, what would you say to guys out there when they do get out and they do start that job? Because we, I know we use the term up in your head. You right. know, you, you get that downtime. Right. Um, you're not working. You're sitting at, 
home or you're sitting at your halfway house, wherever you're living, and, and you have that downtime and you start thinking, what would you say to those guys? Because you probably struggled a little bit with mm-hmm. it too at one time or another, and you've yeah. seen other guys struggle with it. Right. How do, how do you deal with that downtime and what would you recommend to others? So, because my biggest fear is if you have that idle time, if you have nothing to do, that's when you're going to get in trouble the most. Yep. So what would you say to help? Um, I, I really say just try to get to know yourself. Try to find what you like, what interests you, you know? Um, it's pretty cool because, like, today we live in the age of information. So it's like you can learn anything or do anything with a click of your phone, you know? And so it's like that, 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 that's what helped me. Uh, I, I watched a lot of YouTube video on things, on how to start businesses, on how things work, just try to stimulate my mind. And then, you know, ultimately I picked up golf, snowboarding. So I found some, you know, some hobbies. Uh, but working out, you know, it, it didn't even have to be a spending money. Learn something, you know, mm-hmm. like you would be shocked. Like maybe you always thought it was cool when you got seen guys paint or, or draw. Well, learn it, you mm-hmm. know, like like right now I'm, I'm learning uh, since um, my, my, my name comes, it's Hungarian. You know, I was adopted, so my last name is Sintendra, and it's Hungarian. So I'm learn, learning Hungary right, Hungarian right now, oh, okay. and I'm also learning Spanish because I'm in construction. So yeah. I'm using Duolingo right now, and so I, you know, I practice for 30 minutes every day on both of them, you know. That's pretty cool. And so I'm hoping within six months I could be fluent enough, you know. Hmm. So just challenging myself. Learn really. something new about right. you today, and I for see sure. you every day in the office. Uh, that, <laughs> that's sure. amazing. That's pretty cool. Um, no, it, it's, it's, you definitely have to keep yourself busy. You do. You know, the downtime is what I think kills people and that's where they get in trouble, you know? And I, I know it's a struggle for guys coming out of our program because one of the things we prefer them to do is live in one of the halfway houses mm-hmm. with the other guys that have come through the program. I do believe it makes them more successful. Right. And one of my theories is after you're, you, you get out of prison, you're in the program for 90 days, you're going through the vocational, you're learning how to paint. Right. Um, you don't have anything to worry about. And then you move into the house. And one thing we provide is transportation. You know, you got a house, you got to pay your rent each week, you know, but you, you have transportation to work. We take care of that for you. The biggest thing that I recommend to these guys and gals is six months. Yes. Stay in the halfway house for six months. Focus on you and your job and nothing else. Yes. Don't go trying to find a girlfriend. Don't go out and yeah. do anything stupid. And sometimes you got to leave your family behind. You got to right. leave your old neighborhood behind your friends. Right. Has that been a struggle for you? Because you're not the same person you were. Have you had to right. turn your back on people you used to hang out with? Uh, a few people. Um, mainly just like it was just the uh, mainly strictly for just a crowd crowd preference. It's like um, your lifestyle mm-hmm. and the way that you're living doesn't coincide with my lifestyle, you know, and so. I had to cut a few people off. Not on no, uh, hey, you're not good for me type, but on some, hey, man, I'm so wrapped up in work right now, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, but what I will say for uh, guys getting out, unless like maybe like you're gonna go live with like your mom and she's gonna make sure a hundred percent that her job is to make sure you stay out of the mix and that solely focused on getting you transitioned to life. I would I would say go to a sober living house even if you have a place to stay you got a girlfriend because like it really lets you hone in you know mm-hmm. it's like cuz in a sense you still have rules and so it's like you now you're transitioning from 
new freedom or that to now sober living. Rather as me, like I got out and I didn't go to a sober living house. So I just, I, no rules, no nothing. You know, I can be home whenever I want. I can stay out as late. And so I think that like um, helped with me, like the spending of the money that I spend and not, you know, being in control of my finances, you know. Mm-hmm. But with that, like you said, like we got it set up. You go, you got a house, you got transportation. So mm-hmm. that's extra money you can save. Imagine in six months how much money you'd save, how, how the car you can get or in six months, you can save enough money to have a car, put down a, for an apartment, and have money in your savings, you know? Yeah. It, I, I think you were at a disadvantage going through our first class because we were still learning as we're yeah. teaching and growing the, the, the program. Yeah. You know, we as time went on, we ended up with the halfway houses. We ended up creating the transportation, different things. And I think as we learned, we learned from a lot of the guys, their mistakes, what they were doing why were people not successful going through our program? What did we need to change to make them more successful? I know at one point you came to me and you actually did move into a halfway house for a while because you said you needed some more structure to help yourself. So that in itself shows maturity and growth in you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a change. That's not the DJ that came out of prison. That's not the DJ that was running the streets. You know, that that was maturity. It's about being real with yourself, you know, like that old person that you see me. I wasn't being real with myself, you know. I was faking the funk to, you know, to appease people, to to fit in, if you will, you know. But, like, I'm finally able to, like, be myself because... There's not a big crowd I'm trying to please, you know, Mm -hmm. like the crowd that I'm trying to please, as long as I do the right thing, I stay out of trouble, Mm -hmm. you know, I take care of my responsibilities, they're going to be there and they're Mm going to support me and they're going to be rooting me on, you know, and so... Like, it's, it's cool, like, because, like, I could really, like, be myself. Like, I could laugh and, like, a joke and I could be that funny guy. I don't have yeah. to put on this bravado about, you know, being tougher, if you will. And yeah. so, yeah. And I bet your family's really proud of you right now, aren't they? Absolutely. No, no, they're ecstatic, you know, and it it, it, it means a lot. It, it really does, you know, because I was a foster child, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been with different families before. And so mm-hmm. it's like, like me, I've always yearned to, like, have someone I call mom or dad or like mm-hmm. uncle or like family, you know? Yeah. And so like I I easily attract to people. Like when I get around people and they show me some like love, like it's mm-hmm. easy for me to like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so but now that it, it's really it's a really good thing to know that like they're proud of me, you know, yeah. like it, it really good. And it and it and it, it even feels good to know that like eventually like I'll be able to take care of them, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, as they get older, you know, like I'll financially be able to take care of them, like mm-hmm. you know, and so that feels good. Well, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, you are part of my family now, Thank you. and I mean that sincerely. And it's there's a connection with you for the rest of my life. Now we'll mm-hmm. always be connected just because of this passing of what we've done together, right. what we've been together through with the program. Mm-hmm. Even if you decide to go on and do your own thing, start your own company, or go work somewhere else, right. there's always going to be that connection. I'm always going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want you to know that I sincerely mean that. Thank you. I appreciate so I'm, it. I'm proud of you, of what you've accomplished. Thank you. Because I've watched even not knowing you prior to the program, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know your past. Right. I don't need to know your past. It's what you do today moving forward. That's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. And each day watching you grow, watching you go through the struggles you've been through, right. you know, I've helped you through some of those. Yeah. You know, we, I don't know how many times we've sat in my office and just talked. Mm, for sure. You know, no, and, and absolutely. I've tried to mentor you and help you go down that right path. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, we can prepare ourselves as much as we can for a situation. But you have to be the one to make that final decision on what you're yeah. going to do with yourself and with your life. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you make the right decision. Right. You know, 
I look at what I'm going through every day in life, and I'm trying to make the best decision with the information I have at that moment. Right. Now, a year from now, that decision might change because the information has changed or the, the situation has changed a little bit differently. But I'm still going to try to make the best decision I can at that moment for mm-hmm. what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love the fact that you, you've come this far. You've grown so much. You're in the position you're in. Right. You know, it, it's what are your goals down the road? Is it to own your own? I, I know when I first met you, your goal was five years. I'm going to have my own business. Right. You know, sure. what, what's changed or what do you see for your future now? I mean, simple. It's just not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so much that goes into running a business. You see now there's more to there's it. A, there's, a, there's a lot, you know, and but ultimately, too, is like, it's, it goes upon a thing being real with yourself, you know, like turning that switch on, like me being real with myself. I know like if I was to leave and to go start my own business, it would fail because I fully don't have 100 percent of the tools that I need or I don't I don't have enough of the experience yet. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like even with letting these jobs, like when I be in the office, I ask them, give me the big ones. Mm-hmm. Give me something different. Like, give me the stuff that you, you got to force yourself to learn. Yeah, read the specs for three days before you even get into the blueprints. Like, I want those because when you do with those, you everything. You mm-hmm. know, you know. And so, like, I, I five years sounded good, you know, mm-hmm. but I should have said uh, seven to ten. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows? It might be twenty. Right, you, for you, sure. you don't know for you, sure. You go with what's for right sure. in front of you and what you what you can do. Yeah. So now, um, one last thing here before we cut off um is there any last message you want to give to anybody out there that they're sitting on their rack right now listening to this or they're on the streets or they're driving in their car going to work and they're struggling what is a message that you would give them to give them hope and to know that hell if you can make it anybody can make it i mean what 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 would you tell somebody out there that's going through the or been through the same stuff that you've been through um i would say i got two things at least from me going through it in these two and a half years to be successful is um decision making and time management. Mm. I think it's I think it's that simple. I think um ultimately your decisions is gonna predict where you're gonna be at, you know, for a simple fact that you're gonna you've already told your boys that you're gonna go with them to the club on Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday. Uh but then the text comes out at work and it says, Hey, we need guys for overtime, mm-hmm. you know, and you know you got your bill due next week and you and you're already paycheck to paycheck so do i go out with my buddies on saturday spend money or do i go work and then that way it's like i know my bills are covered and i have extra money you know and so that's what a decision making and ultimately with time management um it's all about like you can overload your plate too much and i've done it a couple times and it can also it could be a disaster Mm -hmm. you know so like with time management knowing putting things on your plate in the allotted time to get them done. And then what you do with your time, you know, it's like people say that, oh man, I'm so busy. I never have enough time in a day to do such and such. But you spent an hour and a half on YouTube looking at shorts mm-hmm. or you watch TikTok or whatever Netflix it is. Yeah. Or, right. Yeah. You know, so there is time. It's time management, decision making. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's good advice. Now, I, I want to thank everybody that's uh, out there listening to us, watching us on YouTube or our shorts. Um, this message is for anybody out there that's struggling, that needs help. There are places that will help you. There yes, is sir. a change that can happen. And each week we're going to have someone else like DJ on here um, telling his story, talking about where he's been, what he's been through, what's made him successful. Right. You know, everybody's story is not the same. But if there's something out there that can resonate with you that you say, oh, man, that's me. 
you know, I, I can make a difference. Feel free to reach out to us through our website. Reach out to us if you need help. We can direct you the right direction and get you that help that you need. So thank you, everyone, for listening thank in. You, thank and you, again, sir. You bet.